Hey mom friend, welcome back to Simplify Birth and Motherhood Podcast, where you can receive education to empower your pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and your journey through motherhood to make an informed decision that best fits you and your family. Today, I will be sharing one of the most, if not the most, the second most toughest part of our pregnancy, and that is the third trimester. Each stage of our pregnancies come with both the joys and the pains, and the third trimester can bring both of those things. We have the joy of the fact that we are moving on, that we will be done, that this is actually the end, but also the joy of looking forward to being parents. You're ready to move on. You're ready to actually hold your baby, take care of your baby. Everything is set and ready to go. But now you are also experiencing all the pains, which is, which can cause it to be like a double-edged sword. And everyone has their own ways of going through this tough stage. And The way I like to describe it to people is if you ever had a dream where you are running, but you are running in slow motion and trying your hardest to run faster, but you can't. So you just start clawing your way so that you can actually run faster. Well, that is how third trimester is for some of us. It is the end and we are so ready for it to end. It is the final stretch. And what we are really searching for and wanting is some relief from these pains that we are experiencing so that we can enjoy the last bit of our pregnancy. So in this episode, I hope to give you some of that by talking about what's going on, what your body is doing, what your baby is doing, and how it is all totally working together and it is totally normal. We are also going to be talking about the most five common complaints and simple things that you can do to get some relief and what are some of the things that are not normal in our third trimester that we definitely should let our provider know. As you can hear, I have a little tiny special guest with me today, but with all of that, let us get inside and let's get started. Hey mama, welcome to Simplify Birth and Motherhood. I am Amanda. I am a wife and mom of four. I have had a hospital birth unexpected c-section a few home births and now i'm a birth advocate childbirth educator and your cheerleader in the toughest hood of them all motherhood do you wish you knew what options were available to you when becoming a new mom or adding more to the mix are you ready to nurture and build up your mom gut so you can be more confident educated and bold in this podcast you will begin to understand find support and turn knowledge into power through education and resources for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and for the early years of motherhood. If you are ready to get clarity to empower your birth and motherhood journey, then throw up your unbrushed hair, hike up your high-waisted pants, because sister, (laughs) I know you are wearing them. Put the baby in the ergo, and let's start feeding our God-given mom guts. See you inside. Yep, third trimester. So we are talking about the easiest, the most, if not very close second, hardest trimester to go through. Because just like the first trimester, there comes its own set of concerns and things to be more aware of, which can be actually really stressful and the last bit of the season, not as enjoyable. I remember going through my last pregnancy, the third trimester was a very emotional and trying time because you have to worry about all these different things that come with the end of your pregnancy and as you approach childbirth a lot of things that you have to mentally prepare for and now a lot of things that maybe you have to possibly consider and i actually fully intended to have a totally different topic for you today but oddly enough 
five months after having a baby, there still are some things that are coming up that um, still bring a little bit more of a tender spot or hit a portion of a wound that is still healing. So today we are going to be talking about third trimester. Why? Why is this the one of the hardest trimesters? Because we are at the end. Have you ever been like on a car ride and a really long car ride? And just when you know that you were almost there, like you just get more antsy, you get more like, come on, let's go, let's get this started, like just keep driving. You get more irritated, you get more hangry. I mean, as you approach your destination after being taking that long drive, you are just so ready to get out of the car. Well, that's exactly how the third trimester is. It's the feeling of we're almost to the finish line and we have just bared long enough and we (laughs) are just ready to be done. And sometimes this trimester is actually what is most likely the stage that we are not looking forward to doing again or possibly have scared us into wanting to do it again after this one because of just all the different things that we can experience, all the different emotional, mental, and physical things we go through. But also, too, every pregnancy is different. So maybe we are not having such a good pregnancy this time around, or maybe we are. Who knows? But the feeling of wanting to be done is a real thing at the end of your third trimester. And there are a lot of things we are probably experiencing now that we didn't before. Or there are things we had in the first trimester and now are coming back again. Or maybe you're a mama today who's listening because you are just arriving at this point of your pregnancy and you're trying to plan ahead, get ahead of the game to see what to expect in this final stage of your pregnancy. I have a very talkative baby who is joining us today, so please don't mind all the noises, all the little interruptions with his cute little grunts, talking, all kinds of stuff. He is at this stage right now where he is a little bit more vocal. (laughs) But our third, back to our third trimester, our third trimester starts at 28 weeks of our pregnancy and can last up until baby is born, which is between about 40 to 42 weeks. The main things that your body is doing at this stage is just getting ready for birth and for breastfeeding. While all this is happening, your baby's growth is doing some fine tuning that will be vital for them when they are born and as they adjust to this side of the womb. I mean, this is the main reason why you are experiencing all the different not so fun things in this stage. But the beauty of all of it is that your body and baby are doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. So you're not crazy. (laughs) For example, baby's lungs and kidneys are maturing antibodies are being shared to baby for their immune system babies getting into their favorite position which hopefully is head down your amniotic fluid is decreasing as you get closer to your due date baby is dropping so they can get or get more engaged which gives you a little bit more of breathing room literally so that means it doesn't feel like you're breathing out of a straw (laughs) and emotionally you are feeling excited ready but maybe nervous as what the next stage is going to bring there's a lot going on here as you can tell as a part of what your body is doing your uterus is growing and is pushing down on some nearby organs causing shortness of breath feeling of being full even when we barely ate and the pressure baby is causing us to have this more frequent trip to the bathroom situation you might be feeling tired and feel like this is going to go on forever 
every time I hear that, I think of the movie where he is saying forever because it literally feels like that. I mean, you might be thinking I might be the first person, the first woman in history to be pregnant for forever. And if you were to look at a picture of what your current anatomy looks like, you will see that there are a lot of things that are smushed squeezed together and how amazing our bodies were created for such a time like this and you're probably like my body does not feel amazing but your body is doing amazing things it's working super super hard and it's compensating for areas that normally your body doesn't even have to worry about but because you're growing a human your body is overcompensating in some areas versus others but is also doing double time because baby is still growing your body is still growing and this is why i understand to the fullest that you are so ready to be done and that you are uncomfortable and any relief or any way to make you feel more comfortable is something you are possibly desperate for and wanting right now and with all the woes that you are currently experiencing or will possibly experience are in short telling us that things are going beautifully which is probably what you don't feel or want to hear right now okay so here we go so you might not have some of these woes and you might not be experiencing them to a high degree because everybody is different every body is different every pregnancy is different probably you are just getting into your 28th pregnancy and you haven't experienced this quite yet or as we go through them you're going to be like no please i don't want to go through that again i'm so sorry to have to hear if that is where you are at today but Hopefully, after what I have to share with you today, you will be able to get on top of the game or you will be able to get some type of relief. Okay, so the first, one of the first complaints we hear a lot about with pregnancy, which is very common, is heartburn slash indigestion. This cannot be just a burning sensation in your chest, but you can actually feel this in your throat. The difference between heartburn and indigestion is that indigestion, you have both the diarrhea and possible vomiting for a short period of time, along with the burning sensation in your throat and chest. And this can also come up with a lot of burping, sour burping, all kinds of stuff. It is not fun to go through this. I had this with my third pregnancy and it was awful. I thought at one point I had food poisoning, but no, it was just indigestion and it lasted for a good couple hours. It was awful and like through the night guys which was not fun and this is all happening because pregnancy hormones are causing the opening between the stomach and the esophagus to relax too much and cause stomach acid to leak into your esophagus or possibly because baby is sitting up so high because i can almost be sure that as soon as this baby drops a little you will see the severity of this die down or possibly subside completely if you have this happening to you you can either eat or drink smaller meals and drinks throughout the day and avoid lying down shortly after you can also make sure you avoid spicy foods or other foods that may be triggering it because it actually might not be spicy foods it can be an apple it can be pineapple it could be dairy it can be any of those things it doesn't necessarily need to be something spicy to trigger this effect and when you are having episodes like this you can either prop yourself up with some pillows to help so say if you are sleeping in the night and this does end up happening and you do severely want to get some sleep <laughs> you can go ahead and prop yourself up with some pillows to help however 
that might not be an option or give you the fast relief that you were looking for. One of the things that helped me significantly why I was experiencing this heartburn and indigestion, because sometimes when I would eat spicy things or even things with like tomatoes in them or apples or pineapples, anything, this would spark up the heartburn, the indigestion would spark up. But what helped me significantly and was a serious game changer was before or during the meal, if I knew that this could possibly give me heartburn or it could possibly give me indigestion, what I would do is I would drink a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a four ounce cup of water and sip it during my meal or down it really quick. Or even if I decided, or even if I was having one and I knew it was coming or on its way, cause you can kind of feel it sparking up and starting up. If you start to feel like this, just take some apple cider vinegar. And this usually helps too, even if you aren't pregnant. This is a great relief for heartburn if you feel it coming on or start having it. Oftentimes people will recommend an antacid, but the problem with this is that sometimes the problem is not because of too much acid, but actually a low level of stomach acid. Since this can be true, and when adding the pregnancy hormones, it can cause this heartburn acid reflux indigestion to be happening, and you don't really know which is which. You don't know if it's because your stomach acid is low or because it's just your hormones. So the recommendation would be if you put the apple cider vinegar, you are adding that natural acid to your stomach. It's like balancing the pH per se. So that is a good relief, fast and quick. It's not fun and you might not like sipping it, but it will probably be your best defense in help getting that fast relief real quick of what you're looking for for heartburn and indigestion. The second complaint we hear is insomnia. There are a lot of reasons why this is happening in your third trimester. It could be because baby is moving around and keeping you up. You're using the bathroom a lot at night. It could be emotional anxieties or stresses or physical discomfort in your lower back. The physical difficulty of moving around or getting into a comfortable position or having any lower back pain, pubic bone pain. There's so many factors. So to sum that all up, it could be mentally, physically, and emotionally why we should could be having this insomnia with my fourth i remember every time i turned over it was almost like he moved around and like adjusted too so it would take him a little bit to kind of settle down for a little bit but also when you're pregnant it is really hard to get into a comfortable position but if you have that lower back and pubic bone pain which is very very painful it is also very hard to get in and out of positions and to find one that you are actually comfortable with. Most of the time, the hardest thing about going to sleep or going back to sleep is the lower back aches and simply not being able to get into that comfortable position. There are a few things that we can do here and a lot of it is habits and things you can do before getting into bed. So it's gonna take a little bit more time, like some prep work before you get into your bed and lay down for the evening. This includes setting the mood, which means as the sun is going down, close the house up, meaning close the blinds, draw the curtains, and turn on lighting that is calm and soft. This only encourages your body to produce this natural melatonin. And what also does that is actually getting into some direct sunlight. So spending some time outside with no sunglasses and let that sunshine hit your face. This has something to do with your circadian rhythm. And as we begin to set 
ourselves in the sun. It just kind of helps reset those things, but also it prepares your body to start producing the hormones and the different chemicals in your body to be able to relax our body and get into that sleep mode. It's almost like telling us like it's time to wake up, but it's also time to go to sleep. You may also want to drink some chamomile tea before bed. This will promote relaxation. This is also a good reason to start either taking a magnesium supplement or possibly upping it, okay? Particularly magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide or using a magnesium lotion for those areas that are more sore and stiff. This too will also in turn take care of constipation, which we will talk about that here in a little bit. But for the insomnia, due to the tension or muscle aches, you may need to do some stretches before heading to bed. Or if you have pubic bone pain, doing some exercises during the day, multiple times a day to help strengthen that. Or doing some chiropractic care. That also helps with pubic bone pain as well as lower back pain. And having some pillows in between your legs as you sleep and turn over. Some of these exercises include a lot of pelvic rocking or pelvic tilting and one of the ways that you can do that particularly that target the lower back area is laying on your side with two pillows in between your legs and you are going to do a pelvic rock so that means you're going to swing your pelvic forward and swing it back and stretch it out this really does target that lower back area that we have those aches when we are sleeping We will also talk a little bit more about these exercises once we get to more in depth in this episode about back aches. But the third complaint that we have is swelling. Just when you think you can't get any bigger, you actually do. (laughs) And if you feel like this, you might be feeling like you are going to explode. With the increased fluid in your body, such as your blood volume, which can be up to about 60% in your uterus, putting more and more pressure on your large blood vessels, it can cause you to retain fluid. It is very common to have minor swelling in pregnancy, and this can happen in your hands, feet, ankles, face, knees, and it can actually happen during certain season or at certain times of the day, particularly days that are hot or days that are more humid or days that you are more on your feet or just in the night. I remember there were times during one of my pregnancies where I would wake up because my hands would be swollen and my ring, my ring that my husband gave me when we got married would be so tight on my finger that it would actually hurt. And it was just random, random times of the night. And then the swelling would go down and then it would go away. To avoid or reduce this swelling, try to not stay on your feet for long periods of time. But if you do happen to do that, make sure you are drinking a lot of water with some electrolytes because oddly enough, salt can help reduce swelling. I have an episode on electrolytes and how it is the most underrated mineral or group of minerals in pregnancy for birth and postpartum. If you want to learn more about that, go ahead and check that out because there's some really great things and great information, particularly when it comes to salt and the type of salt that we intake can help with these lowering blood pressure and lowering uh, swelling. Go and check that out. Also, if you put your feet up at the end of the day or sit with your feet slightly elevated, doesn't necessarily need to be your feet elevated above your head, but while you're sitting, maybe resting your feet on something just to not um, encourage that swelling. Because that can also be happening to you too. While you're actually sitting in a chair or having dinner, you could be 
experiencing swelling or realizing, oh man, my feet are getting a little swollen. My ankles are getting a little swollen. I need to get up and, you know, start moving around. You could do that. Or while you're sitting, just elevate your feet a little bit. Or while you're laying down, lay down on your side or and elevate your feet up in between some pillows. Do the, do that. You could do all those things. The only time that you should be concerned about this, if it's your legs or feet are more swollen than the other and then there's heat radiating from this area this could be a sign of a more serious concern or you are having other signs along with the swelling or the swelling does not go down or it is a huge huge jump a huge jump like you go from not swelling one minute and then the next few days swelling and you are swell there's no calming down of that edema because swelling in pregnancy is also called edema. The fourth complaint is constipation along with hemorrhoids. This is happening, and I know it's painful and it's definitely uncomfortable, but this is happening because of your hormones. It is causing your body to slow down the waste removal process. And also too, because baby's getting bigger, causing the uterus to stretch and grow, and it's putting more pressure down on your rectum. The one thing that I know that will help with this is magnesium. It is a natural way to be able to do it to do this. Or eating more fiber and possibly taking a break on eating raw vegetables on a high amount. Not saying that I want you to not eat raw vegetables and I'm not going to encourage that, but maybe not eat them too so often or possibly almost every single meal having a bunch of raw vegetables. Let's do some steamed vegetables. Let's do more of those things. The fiber is going to come from eating fruits in their natural form, which is raw. And vegetables do have fiber, but just maybe steam your carrots versus eating them raw. Or steam your broccoli a little bit more. Or if you're going to have a salad, make sure that you are possibly not eating such a huge salad. Maybe have a smaller portion of it with a higher uh, protein to go along with it. Those are things that you can do because your body is already having a hard time processing those things when you eat raw vegetables and it uses more energy to do so. Eating more things like oatmeal, whole grains, beans, and drinking plenty of water can also help with this process of helping our body out with this waste removal process. Exercises can also help do this for our body like going on walks. Taking care of this problem, this constipation problem, will possibly and most likely help with the hemorrhoids you may be having along with that. It will give them break and cause the swelling to go down, but also the magnesium will help loosen the stool a little bit and will help you go to the bathroom more frequently. So it won't be as rock solid or hard to... Uh, process out is what I'm trying to say in very small but not de graphic detailed terms <laughs> but until then what you can do is you can dilute some cypress and lavender oil or even patchouli oil and put them on the area but I will stress this you need to dilute them dilute 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 because cypress is actually known to be a basal constrictor so it will help bring down that inflammation on those um, veins and areas that are swollen in those sensitive areas <laughs> also try not to sit for long periods of time on the dilation station which is the toilet try not to do any straining 
While going, number two, we need to have proper breathing techniques, not holding our breath or doing any what we call purple pushing. Or you can use an elevated surface while you are using a toilet. They have these specially made stepping type stools called the squatting potty that really help with people who have issues of um, bowel movements that are hard to pass, but also they are great for pelvic floor because it keeps your knees in line with your pelvis, which is helpful when using the restroom. So you can get those on Amazon. And if you are struggling with this, this could definitely be something worth looking into. Last one is backaches. We talked a little bit about this when we were talking about insomnia, but this is probably the most common woe that we have during our pregnancy, which is rightfully so. We have a lot of strain on our backs. I mean, we're carrying not just our own weight, but we're carrying the weight of everything that's going on in our uterus, including our baby's weight and our breasts. They're getting bigger and making room for our milk for our baby. Our uterus and baby are growing. A lot of things that we're carrying on our bodies, literally. And this is also happening partly due to the fact that our abdominal muscles are being stretched and weakened. And as our bellies are getting bigger, they may be causing us to stand and walk in certain ways that is contributing to this back pain. We see a lot of moms have this waddling action happening, which is really not benefiting us. It just means that we don't have good posture when we are um, pregnant and when we are walking, which is very easy to not have. It's very easy during our pregnancies to not have good posture, particularly if we are feeling weighed down in the front area and we just want to move around. So maybe our beds too could be a problem. Sitting areas are causing us this pain. When I'm pregnant, the softer the area that I sit or lay in, the more pain it causes me for my back. But if I'm not pregnant, that's not that's not a problem for me. So don't take me mattress shopping while I'm pregnant because that will not last forever. But sometimes these soft areas for us are causing us to have more hip pain, more lower back pain, are feeling more of those aches are not benefiting us or keeping us comfortable in the long run because they are too soft. Simple exercises and movements like pelvic tilts and all fours will help stretch those areas. Butterflies pose hip stretch, child's pose, slow movements. So when we are moving around, when we are squatting, picking something up that we are using slow movements, but we are using proper movements, which means we are properly lifting and having good standing poses, which means we're not standing or walking with our belly out, sitting up straight and leaning forward. Sometimes for us, sitting up straight is hard, but what helps us have good posture and what also keeps our pelvis aligned and to make sure that baby gets into the right position is sometimes we need to be sitting up straight and leaning forward as if we're kind of leaning over a chair that will encourage that for baby but also will help keep us in a sitting forward position that is not too hard for our upper back or lower back to keep so sitting leaning forward lying down with a pillow between our legs to support us either between our legs or if we are sitting in a chair like a dining room chair put a pillow on our back to support that lower back if we're driving put a pillow behind our back these things will help us give that support and possibly even a relief over time when we repeatedly consistently do those things will give us that relief that we are ultimately looking for if it gets really bad, definitely make an appointment with a chiropractor or 
get a massage from a professional or even your spouse. You're like, this is how I got into the situation in the first place. So maybe not a massage for my husband or my spouse or a partner. You may not want any of that. You may not want anybody to touch your back. But what I will say is that if you do want to do this with your partner, maybe ask for no strings attached or just go get it professionally done. I've had one done and it is amazing during pregnancy, relaxes, particularly towards the end is very relaxing. It's that one simple calming relief thing that you can do for yourself that not just helps those aches and, you know, uh, joint pain and all those different areas, but also just gives you peace, calms your mind, which is perfect for you as you are heading into childbirth. You could use some cold or warm compresses on the areas of your back while you are or where you're aching at night. Um, You can also do those things as well. The last thing that I would recommend for this particular woe or complaint is a pregnancy belt or some sports therapy taping to help support your belly to provide some of that relief because sometimes it's just our belly that is causing that backache. So if we just get something to support that belly, it will help our lower back, and even our pubic bone pain if we have that. Okay, so since those are the five common woes or complaints that we have, there are some things that are actually concerning that we can have during our third trimester that are not fun, but also should be mentioned to your provider that are not normal. And if we ever hear that these things are normal, they are not normal. The first thing would be severe headache vision changes like seeing spots or double vision, rapid weight gain. One thing I want to mention about this is that sometimes in pregnancy, we can have a rapid weight gain in like a month period, which is can be normal sometimes for moms, but we have to look at the overall trend. That is something that what midwives and uh, practitioners look at. They look at the overall trend and what they do is they say, okay, well, the first couple months she didn't gain, she maybe gained like half a pound because she was either severely sick or she just maybe gained one pound or two pounds. And then there was a one month where we met and she didn't gain anything or she gained a quarter of a pound, whatever that trend is. But if you happen to do like a five pound jump or a 10 pound jump one time, there might not be a big concern there. It is when it is a rapid weight gain over a consistent period of time meaning you did a rapid weight gain a couple months ago and then you're doing it again and then you did it again next time and then two weeks later now that you're towards the end of your pregnancy because we're seeing you more more often the appointments are becoming more frequent we're seeing a super rapid weight gain that is the only concern that your practitioner might have in regards to this is not normal. Another thing along with a rapid weight gain is extreme swelling of the hands, feet, and ankles and face because those are actually signs of preeclampsia. This is swelling that does not go away. This is not one that goes away once things cool down. It does not go away once you've had time to sleep and to put up your feet or put your feet in some cold water or your hands start, the swelling goes down. It's not a fluctuating swelling. This is swelling that is consistent. Those are signs of preeclampsia, the severe headache, vision changes, the rapid weight gain, and the swelling of the hands. Those are all signs of preeclampsia and definitely need to be 
made mention to your practitioner about as soon as you see these signs happening. Another thing would be extreme abdominal pain where you've either had a cesarean or have not had a cesarean. So this abdominal pain is extreme. But particularly with cesareans, these are things that we have to think about as a mom who is a cesarean mom, that we always have to be considerate of this extreme abdominal pain in particularly in the incision area or anything below around the pubic bone area that is not pubic bone pain. It's very severe and this is definitely something to notify your practitioner about and make mention. Any breakings of water or preterm labor before 36 weeks is something that needs to be known ASAP. You need to make sure that you are notifying that whoever your midwife is, whoever your OB is, you need to make sure that you are notifying them if this is happening because then they will tell you what to do from there and to be able to get you or to a place where it is safe and your body is safe or your baby is safe, whatever the remedy is to be able to take care of this for you. But this is not normal. This is not normal for baby to come before 37 weeks. It is not normal for your waters to break before 37 weeks. 37 weeks is kind of like a safe area of like, okay, it's 37 weeks, like, okay. Like it would be okay if baby came, uh, but Anytime before that, definitely a concern and not normal. Any fevers that are over 100.4, anything below that is considered not a fever. This is especially true for children. So I know a fever is like concerning. I know we think like this is something that, you know, but in pregnancy, any fevers that are above 100.4, any fevers, any vaginal bleeding aside from childbirth or the onset of childbirth. Uh, you w- might have some bloody show as you are approaching labor or while you're in labor. That is normal. But in from 28 weeks until labor happens, if we have any vaginal bleeding, that is not normal on a regular basis. Baby movements patterns have lessened. This could be common for some parents. Some parents have a reoccurring of this happening. But this is also a sign that something is up and that we need to maybe go check on baby to make sure they're okay. Sometimes they're sleeping. Sometimes they're, you know, just taking a rest. And as they get closer to labor, sometimes they conserve their energy a little bit and they probably don't move as much. But if they've gone down significantly where it is something to note and you have noticed that, go get checked right away. Do an ultrasound. We need to see what's going on there. Pain such as burning while peeing. This could be a sign of a vaginal infection and we want to make sure we take care of that before baby comes because we definitely don't want the baby to be introduced to bacteria or your uterus to be introduced into any bacteria that might be lingering in there and causing that issue. Uh, We want to make sure we take care of that because that would not be good. And we do not want you to get chorioamnitis, which is caused by bacteria that enters through the birth canal up into the it's it's a mess you don't want that I can tell you that so if you have any of this happening this could be a sign of a UTI a yeast infection any of those things and we do not want baby to be exposed to that we want that to be taken care of not just for the baby but it's not fun having that this is not normal also any upper abdominal pain Again, back to that abdominal pain. If we have any any abdominal pain while we're lifting, doing anything, notify your practitioner because that is also not normal. Well, mom, this is all what I have for you today. You are in the final stretch and I'm telling you there is light at the end of the tunnel. Hang in there, mom, because you definitely got this. 
Don't forget, if you have any questions that you are looking to get off your chest as you head into birth, I am currently offering a free one-on-one, one-hour question and answer coaching session for you to get your questions answered and as well as any education to help you make an informed decision for you and your family. It is a perfect opportunity to get some clarity to empower your pregnancy, your birth, and your postpartum. If you are interested in this, which I hope that you are, please email cbecoaching at simplifiedbirthandmotherhood.com to receive more details and to sign up today. It might just be what you have been searching for and what you really need. Okay, bye for now. See you next time. Hi again. Thank you so much for listening to this great episode. If you had learned something today, please make sure you leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share with another mom friend. Also, pop on over to our private Facebook group, sign up for our email list, and connect with me on social media, which are all linked in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you over there and connect with you. Now go listen to your mom gut, because wisdom will guide you, and chances are it won't let you down. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.